the United States of America is supposed to be a unique constitutional republic where our elected officials, the people who are making our laws, are directly held accountable to the American people, the folks who voted them into office. That way, if there is a law passed that the citizens do not agree with, we can vote the people out of office who passed that law. Unfortunately, however, that is not the reality that we're currently living in thanks to the bureaucratic state here in the United States. Today's Deep Dive podcast is going to be all about the tyranny of bureaucracy and these three-letter agencies. So before we go any further, let's really quickly define our terms. So when I say bureaucracy, the actual Oxford definition of bureaucracy is, quote, a system of government in which most of the important decisions are made by state officials rather than by elected representatives. And that is absolutely what we have here in the United States, or at the very minimum, what we will have if we continue on our current trajectory. And Thomas Paine put it perfectly when he said, quote, a body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought not to be trusted by anybody. That perfectly summarizes the dangers of bureaucracy. See, these people that are essentially making our laws and enforcing our laws in the United States were never elected by the American people. They can't be voted out of office. They're held accountable basically by no one. And as a result, they should be trusted by no one. And this isn't some partisan issue, this is a constitutional issue, because our Constitution in Article 1 clearly lays out the powers of Congress. Congress is the group that is supposed to make the laws in our country. In fact, that's why the House of Representatives is to be the most accountable to the people with elections. Every single House member is up for election every two years, meaning that they are always always being held accountable to the people. Now, the Senate is every six years, but even there, with a little more stability, they are still directly held accountable to the American people. Whereas these bureaucrats are held accountable only in the eyes of Congress. And the interesting paradox that has formed is that the American people don't hold Congress accountable for not holding the bureaucratic state accountable. That means the bureaucracy is operating with near complete impunity, knowing that whatever they may do, no matter how egregious, the odds of them ever losing their jobs as a result are nearly zero. So we're going to take a little trip down memory lane here and start to understand where did the bureaucracy come from and where did it go wrong? Because the bureaucratic state is sort of inevitable, as we'll discuss a little bit later on, but the, the, the current status of the bureaucracy is unbelievable. For example, you take a look at some of these three-letter agencies like the ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. If you look at the ATF, they have been allowed to essentially rewrite firearm laws with total impunity. Congress doesn't have to get together and pass some sort of bipartisan legislation to outlaw bump stocks. The ATF just puts pen to paper, and even though they have never been elected, even though they do not have the constitutional authority to change law, they do so anyway through bureaucratic bullcrap. And then get this, 
because they're under the administrative branch, not only do they get to write their own new regulations and de facto laws, but they also get to enforce them as well. So you not only have a violation of Article 1, but you have a violation of Article 2, and you have this horrible and entirely unconstitutional violation of the separation of powers between the branches. The Congress and the presidency are meant to be kept separate. They are given their own articles of the Constitution, they're given their own powers, and they're not to co-mingle or create some sort of third secret shadow branch of government that connects the two and has the legislative power of one and the enforcement power of the other. So let's take a look here. Like I said, we're going to take a look at where the bureaucracy came from. And you may think that this is some sort of a a modern problem that, that just came about in the last 50, 60, 70 years, but truth be told, it's not. The bureaucracy began all the way back during the presidency of George Washington in 1789 when Congress created the first sort of bureaucratic state whenever they introduced the Department of State in order to assist the Secretary of State. Now, since then, right, since the bureaucracy began in 1789, it has grown so exponentially that rather than just having one small Department of State, we now have, get this, a staggering 2.7 million people that are employed by our bureaucracy with a total payroll of $13.8 billion and over 900 departments of the bureaucracy. This is in no small part responsible for how much stupid red tape we have, how many redundant and over-the-top regulations we have, and other useless nonsense things like that that are put into place by groups like the EPA that were never elected, yet they still get to create these laws. So how did this happen? How did these bureaucratic three-letter agencies, how did they acquire so much power? See, our founding fathers, they were of the belief that the different branches of government would kind of be greedy of their own powers. I mean, that's sort of human nature, that when you have powers, you're not very inclined to give those powers away. So the three branches of government, each coveting their own unique respective list of powers, they would they would hold those tightly to the chest. They wouldn't be giving those away. So how exactly did the bureaucracy manage to get so much power from the Congress? How did they manage to get so much power from the president? Where did all of this come from? Well, you might think that they had somehow coerced or strong-armed their way, you know, to get their foot in the door and just gradually crept on and, and gained more power as they went on. But that's actually not the case. Instead, instead... Congress, get this, figured out that if they simply delegate their powers away to someone else, remember, these are the powers delegated to them in Article 1 of the United States Constitution, we the people delegated the Congress about 18 powers and said, this is what you can do, nothing else, just this, you get to do these 18 things. One of those things is to make freaking laws in the United States. Well, Congress figured out that if they delegate that power away from them, the same power which we gave to them, they're now giving it away to another group. If they give these powers away 
to a different organization, for example, the ATF, then they themselves no longer have to be the ones who are held accountable for what the ATF does. See, rather than Congress having to actually pass a law, they can just let the bureaucracy, one of these three-letter agencies, pass a new regulation or, or enforce some sort of new policy. In the case of the ATF, they simply redefine what a machine gun is and make a new law that all of a sudden... Everyone in America who is in violation of this new ATF regulation can become a felon overnight. We saw things like that happen with the bump stock ban. Congress didn't pass a law banning bump stocks. We have no one to unelect. We have no one to vote out of office as a result of the bump stock ban because rather than Congress doing it where they could be held accountable, the bureaucracy did it instead. So Congress quickly realized that rather than doing what we were what doing the the things that we delegated unto them rather than exercising the powers that we had given unto congress they can give those powers away they can redelegate those powers to someone else making them the elected officials less responsible because they no longer have as many things to answer for. So for every power they give away, that's one less reason that we, the American people, would have to vote them out of office. We see a little example of this happen not necessarily within the bureaucratic state, but we've seen Congress give up the war-making power to the president. Everybody knows that Congress is the one that declares war, but the last time the United States formerly declared war was in World War II. Every war ever since then has been literally done at the whim and fancy of the president. Congress realized way back then what, that, that war was very unpopular, and people didn't really like to vote for elected officials who voted for war. So Congress, to save its own skin, rather than coveting that special power that was given to them, Congress decided to redelegate that power and give it away to someone else. That way they wouldn't be held accountable for the new wars. Congress wasn't accountable for the war in Vietnam. After all, Congress never voted to declare war. That was the president, right? So you see this common theme where these people are elected officials who are supposed to be the ones held accountable have developed this strategy where they can simply give up those powers and give them to someone else, coincidentally someone who is not elected, and have them do all of the dirty work while the congressmen and women who make the budget and, and control these, you know, little three-letter agencies within the bureaucracy, they get to sit there and know that their position is safe. And before you ask, is that even constitutional? Well, the quick answer ought to be no. Unfortunately, however, the United States Supreme Court, unless something changes, right, the United States Supreme Court has a long-held track record of essentially doing absolutely nothing about Congress delegating its powers away whenever we, the people, actually the states, had delegated them those specific powers, they then turn around and give them away to someone else, and the Supreme Court has so far had little to no issue with that whatsoever outside of a few rare and unique exceptions during the FDR administration and his New Deal era policies. Outside of those select and, and very rare Supreme Court decisions, the bureaucracy has seldom ever been reined in. 
which is, in my opinion, completely ridiculous given the fact that the Constitution doesn't have, you know, we, we have Article 1, the powers of Congress, Article 2, the powers of the President, Article 3, the powers of the judicial system. There is no special secret article that grants the powers of the bureaucracy. That simply doesn't exist. And I would argue that if you, the the listener of this podcast, give me a special list of permissions uh, to say, you know, mow your lawn or, or do some landscaping for you, if you give me a select commission and you say, this is what you can do, and then I turn around and I take that power, which you have delegated to me, and I turn around and give it to my friend Jimbo, I would say that that is not in accordance with the original deal. This is symbolic of the Constitution. It's analogous of the Constitution. The states gave someone, being the federal government, being Congress specifically, they gave them a power, or 18, they said, this is what you can do, I'm entrusting you with this. And I'm going to hold you accountable for this. You're going to have to answer to me every couple years. You're going to be accountable for this, okay? And then the Congress said, all right, we'll do that. And then they turn around and they give those powers away to their friend Jimbo. I would argue that they have very clearly violated the terms of the original agreement. In this case, the terms of the original agreement are Article 1 and 2 of the United States Constitution, and Jimbo is the bureaucracy, right? You are the American people. You have given to me, the Congress, specific powers, and I've turned around and gave them to Jimbo the idiot down the street who's now going to break everything in your house, right? You maybe said, hey, I need you to come mow the lawn. Well, Jimbo doesn't even have a lawnmower. He has a machete, and he's just walking around your backyard chopping things up because he thinks he's doing the job you were supposed to do. But then you, the person who originally made the deal and delegated those powers to me, have no direct way of holding Jimbo accountable for the fact that he's screwing up everything that he touches because Jimbo wasn't employed by you. Jimbo had nothing to do with it. I'm the one who turned around and delegated those powers to Jimbo. And listen, to be frank, if, if we, the people of the United States, were paying tremendously close attention, if we were being hyper-diligent, as we ought to, by the way, I'm not trying to make any, any excuses here, we should be so diligently watching our Congress and watching the bureaucracy and things like that, that we would still hold them accountable. So it, it is possible that we, the American people, would still you know, remove from office these elected officials who continue to give up power to the bureaucracy. But the cold hard truth is that most Americans don't care enough to even know who their, who their congressman is much less know their most recent votes, much less, much less know what votes gave more power to unelected officials and bureaucrats. So this is kind of a failure of the American people in the sense that we've been asleep at the wheel. We have not been doing our due diligence and paying enough attention to what's going on up in Washington, D.C., but at the exact same time, this is an absolute manipulation of the system and a total constitutional violation of the separation of powers. And if you're really checking the Constitution and you're watching it like a hawk, you could also make an argument to say that there is a Tenth Amendment violation here as well because the bureaucracy is exercising powers that were not specifically given to Congress. And because those powers were not specifically given to Congress, then they're reserved for the states and the people respectively. 
But for that conversation, you're going to want to see our very first episode of the Deep Dive podcast where I go really deep into states' rights. And that that's kind of a states' rights issue, being that it deals with the Tenth Amendment. But nonetheless, it's just another redundant example of how the tyranny of the bureaucratic state totally, totally poo-poos on the United States Constitution. You might be asking at this point, well, how the heck do they even do this? Well, what's their argument, right? If there is no constitutional uh, power given to the bureaucracy, what are they even doing? How are they getting away with this? And the simple answer is that Congress has delegated what they call a rulemaking authority to these different regulatory bodies. For example, we'll just pick on the ATF here. The ATF is granted this rulemaking authority as a regulatory body, which gives these federal agencies the power to create regulations surrounding, quote, how laws are interpreted and enforced. So technically, right, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, technically, groups like the ATF don't have the authority to make laws. No, 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 no. They only have rulemaking authority. And these rules just so happen to be enforceable just like federal law. So at the end of the day, it's really just a game of semantics. Congress has given up this rulemaking authority, aka the authority to make laws. And so Congress will pass some sort of a law where once again, we'll use firearms, the ATF, and etc., As our case study here, Congress might pass a law like the NFA, the National Firearms Act of 1934, or for for another example, maybe the Firearm Owner Protection Act, FOPA, of 1986. Then the ATF will take that existing law passed by Congress, and they will use this so-called rulemaking authority to reinterpret and decide what Congress actually meant, what, what fits as the definition, right, this is another example. Example, perfect example, you look at the NFA and FOPA, and they both have things that, that regulate machine guns. Okay, well now the ATF, because they've been given the rulemaking authority and the ability to create regulations and interpret and enforce these different laws, they get to define now what a machine gun is. So without ever having to write a piece of legislation, without ever having to take a vote of Congress, the ATF can interpret something like the NFA or FOPA so as to say that a vertical foregrip on a pistol suddenly makes it a felony-level possession of a short-barreled rifle or an illegal machine gun or whatever different enhancement, right? All if If you're a gun owner and you own, for example, an AR pistol, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you take an AR pistol, say a 10.5-inch barrel AR pistol, and you put a vertical foregrip on it, you very well may become a felon. Or if you change out the plastic buttstock for one that's of a slightly different design, you may very well now become a felon. That was not laid out. That regulation was not described in the NFA. It wasn't described in the Firearm Owners Protection Act. It wasn't described in any federal law. Rather, it's simply the interpretation of the ATF. And it's really cute because the ATF pretends that they don't do this without, you know, some sort of a a polling of of basically public opinion and things like that. So every now and then, right, they do this annual process of consulting the public. Oh, well, we, we consult the public. Yet they're not actually bound to it. So if they consult the public and say, hey, we're considering this new regulation, what do you think? 
and the public says that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. The ATF can quite literally then just turn around and say, oh, thank you for your input, too bad, we're doing it anyway. And they've done so on multiple occasions. Now ask yourself this, does does this bureaucratic state that I just described, does that sound even remotely close to anything that our founding fathers described when they wrote the Constitution? Does that sound like anything that you would find, for example, in the Federalist Papers or even the Anti-Federalist Papers? I don't even think the Anti-Federalists could have foreseen a bureaucratic state that has grown so disgustingly corrupt and way out of control as the American bureaucracy currently is. And I already know that there are going to be some people out there who will say, no, 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 the Constitution may not directly give the power to the bureaucracy, but it doesn't, it doesn't expressly forbid some sort of bureaucratic state or bureaucratic power, and they'll imply that you can read between the lines, you can interpret into the Constitution that which is not there. They might think, well, it's impossible, you have to have some sort of bureaucracy in order to run the country. Absolutely not. Listen, if the Founding Fathers had wanted a bureaucracy, they would have written it down in the Constitution, but it's not there. You don't see a special article of the Constitution that's all about how these different bureaucratic agencies can have these delegated powers given to them by Congress. That's not anywhere to be found in the Constitution. And if you're going to go and read between the lines, read between the black letter of the law of the Constitution, guess what you'll find? You'll find nothing but blank paper. If the, if the Founding Fathers didn't put it in the Constitution, it's not in the freaking Constitution. If you want to put it in there, you need to do so through constitutional amendment. But you don't get to just create some new government organization or bureaucracy or three-letter agency and grant unto, the, unto them the authority to interpret laws written by Congress 50 years ago in a way that directly impacts Americans today and makes some of them felons. We see this happen with the ATF, but they're not the only organization that that reinterprets and redefines laws of Congress. You've also got things like the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. Goodness sakes, you've got the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. All of these different three-letter agencies are so thoroughly guilty of this bureaucratic tyranny. It's not even funny. And to make matters worse, I don't even have a good solution to the bureaucratic tyranny we're seeing right now because the only ways I see to fix this problem are to have the Supreme Court pick up a case that that directly, fundamentally changes the entire makeup and breakdown of the bureaucracy. And listen, I really hope that that happens, but I'm not going to keep my fingers crossed. There's so much case law that already exists on this. The Supreme Court under different, you know, different justices, obviously, but the Supreme Court in the past has never been very excited to strike down this bureaucratic state. So as much as I would love for it to happen, as much as I'll be celebrating if that does happen, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for them to do the right thing on this. And, and, And the only other solution outside of the Supreme Court is that we would have to be so hyper-vigilant, we would have to pay so much attention to Congress that we vote out all of these people who are trying to expand the, the, the bureaucratic state. And I wish that I could say that that was just Democrats. And listen, Democrats are more guilty than Republicans when it comes to this, but there are so, so many Republicans who want nothing more than to expand the bureaucratic state. So in order to actually pay that much attention, we would have to follow darn near every single vote 
that every single member of Congress makes. And then we would have to somehow convey that information to the general public so thoroughly that the average American not only knows what the bureaucratic state is, but they also know every single vote that their congressman made, which strengthened the bureaucratic state. Anyways, folks, that's our deep dive for the day on the bureaucracy, the tyranny of the bureaucracy, and the three-letter agencies. Special thank you to everyone over on the Locals page who is a supporter. Thank you for picking this. I think it's a fantastic topic. If you're not aware, all of the supporters over on Locals get to vote directly every single Wednesday on what the podcast subject will be, and then they get early access on Thursday, several days before everyone else. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not listening on Locals, This came out on Saturday, but all of the supporters had it on Thursday. And obviously, this podcast is completely independent. I don't have any massive corporate sponsors or any kind of giant donors or anything like that. The thing that keeps the lights on around here are listeners just like you. So if you would like to join the Locals page, it's only $3 a month. You get early access to all of the podcasts you get to vote, you get all kinds of special exclusive content and etc. Go to thegoons.locals.com. That's thegoons, spelled T-H-E-G-O-O-N-S, thegoons.locals.com, and become a supporter for only $3 a month, get early access, and become a member of the community. Anyways, until next time, be sure that you subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a review, do whatever you got to do, and be back next Thursday or next Saturday whenever you have access to next week's podcast. But until then, as always, keep me in your prayers, keep your country in your prayers. God bless.